You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. I'm Susie Hunt, and I'm back. Yay! I'm, welcome back. And I'm Maurice Killiford. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Oh, Maury, wait, Maurice has gone through some changes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, Maurice can't join us today. He had a concert to go to. But we do have our fifth Beatle returning. Yay! <laughs> it's me for my, I don't know what, I forgot what the last number was. Was it 25? I don't remember. 20-something, yeah. 20-something. <laughs> uh, it's still the 20-somethings. We're not I don't, 30. I'm, I'm not going to care until we hit 50, guys. I'm not going to care until we hit 50. <laughs> well, we are starting a brand new month. Uh, this is our one-and-done slasher month. We're kicking things off with episode 153, April Fool's Day from 1986. Uh, it's an hour and 29 minutes, directed by Fred Walton, who we would know from When a Stranger Calls, When a Stranger Calls Back, The Stepford Husbands, and Alfred Hitchcock Presents. So a lot of TV horror, um, which really shows in this film, but uh, we'll get to that. Why don't we go around the table and see what everyone thinks of this arguable cult classic. Um, Dawn, as you are a guest, it's customary we start with you. What are your thoughts? I love how you said arguable because an hour ago we were arguing <laughs> about it. <laughs> exactly. Behind the scenes, I told you to save it for the podcast. Um, <laughs> so... Is it really predictable? Yes. Is it really bad acting? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it, can you obviously see where everything's going? Yes. Did I actually know it was April Fool's Day until somebody said April Fool's Day? No. Um, <laughs> does the end of the movie kind of shit upon its audience and be like, ah, but kind of is kind of clever? Yes. Um, with that being said, yeah, I enjoyed I re- I remember watching this at some point mm-hmm. in my life. Do I remember when that point was? No. I think I just went, hey, isn't that that guy from summer school? And that's uh, what I said <laughs> in my head probably when I was watching it. Um, or I went, hey, look, it's Biff, uh, you yep. know, kind of thing. The movie's full with people I recognize. And oh, there's yeah. one girl. There's one girl in it. I can never remember where I remember her from, but I've seen her in a ton of horror movies. Mm-hmm. I can never remember what movie I know her from. Um, and that, you know, we'll we'll get to her in a minute. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, that yes, and yes, Mike, I liked it better than End of Days. Yes. Yeah. End of Days was stupid. And like and like I said, <laughs> enjoying a film better than another film is is totally valid saying that one is better than the other oh and looking at better. filmmaking <laughs> is totally different no 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 end it's of better. days is a competently filmed movie with a beginning middle and end it's very competent whether or not it's a good movie is very arguable um but Paul agrees with me did you hear I, him oh, he agreed with me <laughs> most people will agree with you that end of days is a bad movie 
I'm not going to argue that. I personally enjoyed it, but it's not a great movie. I'm going to say this compared as far as filmmaking goes, they are night and fucking day. This is a step up from Tromaville. Like, this ain't oh. the greatest of filmmaking. <laughs> but that be, we'll, we'll get into it as we go through the movie. But, Susie, let's toss it over to you. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, it's it's a formulaic slasher. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I found a lot of the characters to be really super fucking annoying. In fact, I thought that Nikki was actually Andrea from Beverly Hills 90210. I can see it. Um, and then, you know, you have the, <laughs> you have the, you know, wannabe Kevin Bacon hair, um, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Biff, Biff, and then, you know, Skippy Peanut Butter. <laughs> and Muffy, what the fuck kind of name is Muffy? Muffer. Like, that's what you name a dog. <laughs> it was, no, it, th- that was something of the 80s. Whatever you wanted to make somebody rich. It was it was Buffy or Muffy or you yep. know, Skippy, you know, stuff like that. That I, that I, well, was the rich person's name. I, I have found a her comment. to be kind of a dingbat. I have a comment on the naming convention a little later, but go ahead. Um, yeah, I thought Muffy was kind of a dingbat. Um, what was his name? Harv or Hal? Yeah, he Both. his name was has Harvey, but he wants you to call him Hal. Um, so he really reminded me of, I forget which sleepaway camp it was. I think it was unhappy campers. I think it was three, the kid that was going to be, um, or no teenage wasteland. I'm sorry. Um, the kid that was going to be, you know, a Senator. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, That's who he reminded me of. So (laughs) I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't find the characters very endearing but i mean it was it's a fun movie the end i'm like uh i haven't seen this movie in forever mm-hmm. um i actually i remember watching it like on like late at night like on usa or something like that yes like when i was a teenager because if you think like watching it critically there really isn't a whole lot of gore no there's there's no. not much to it at all right and there's like i mean arch has his you know hustler magazine with the cover with the big black hole across the vagine yeah because i bet that is a big black hole bottomless (laughs) indeed come and get it i mean the music was also very because maurice isn't here that soundtrack i tell you oh at least the end credits song was funny it was funny (laughs) Because there really wasn't much music to behold throughout the entire film. There really was not. See, now, I am going to say uh, I think this movie is a cult classic simply because of how much it was on television in the 80s. This was one of those staples for USA Up All Night. This was all over, like, any late night um, like cable station when they wanted to throw a couple horror movies on on Saturday night because it was a very unoffensive horror film. All the killing is done off screen. There's very little blood and violence. There's no sex to be really seen other than like a comical cartoon pretzeling. Um, there's there's not any nudity other than what you see. You see some nude titties on a Hustler magazine. Yeah, that that's it. That is the only nudity in the entire film. And that's an easy cutaway gag. 
So they could just cut that out of a made for TV version. So I think because I've talked to so many people who hold this movie up as like one of those, you know, great slashers of the 80s. And I'm like, I don't think you've watched it recently. I think you just remember it being on a lot. So it's like one of those like, oh, yeah, no, I, I remember liking that movie because it was on all the time. Um, and I mean, that's a that's a valid reason. I, there's a lot of movies that are comfort food to me because I watched them way too much as a child. Uh, I talked about that with Death Wish, where I'm like, I probably shouldn't have watched this movie so much as a kid. But I like the Death Wish movies for that very reason. Are they good movies? Not really. They're not great movies. They're fun. They're enjoyable. But, you know, they're not great films. So that's right. kind of how I feel about this. It's not a good movie um in my opinion at all but uh it has some memorable moments it has a memorable hook and uh but again it's a gimmick film yeah and anytime you have a gimmick film once you know the gimmick is it really something you want to revisit again and again it's just not worth it in my opinion and i don't know i didn't think much of the movie landed i really don't like the jokes i felt were very very forced um not many of them were funny at all the kills were just like man whatever like because we didn't see any of them we just saw the aftermath and they were all just you know random decapitated heads um the only thing that i will say is that deborah foreman plays a pretty good psycho (laughs) like she was downright creepy toward the end but that's about it. That's about all I got. So it's not really singing the praises of this film. So let's uh, let's get into the cast here. We have, uh, as I mentioned, Deborah Foreman is playing Muffy St. John. Muffy. Uh, Muffy. <laughs> we would know her from Valley Girl, Real Genius, uh, Waxwork, which I really want to get on here, and Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat, which is another one that would be fun to get on here. Then we have Skip, played by Griffin O'Neill. He was in The Wraith, great film. Assault of the Killer Bimbos and Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. So we we have a very high caliber of actor in these mov- in this movie. Um, Chaz, played by Clayton Rohner, who we would know from just one of the guys, I, Madman, The Relic, The X-Files, and Human Centipede 3, the final sequence. Oh, boy! <laughs> exactly. I only knew him from just one of the guys. Awesome. Now I gotta watch Human Centipede 3. No, oh. you don't. <laughs> no, no that, you don't. That's, that's high on my list of one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, I will say, he, I, 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 I Madman, if you're looking for another film that he's in, I Madman is actually an interesting horror film. It's weird as fuck, but it's interesting. Um, then we have Harvey, played by Jay Baker. He was in The Dukes of Hazard, The Incredible Hulk, and uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Then we have Nikki, played by Deborah Goodrich. She was in The A-Team, Just One of the Guys, 21 Jump Street, and Alien Nation. We have Nan, played by Leah Pinsett. She was in Murder, She Wrote, The Industry, and Flashpoint. Uh, Rob, played by Ken Oland. I'm going to say this wrong. Oland? Um, he was in Summer School, Murder, She Wrote, Leprechaun, and Criminal Minds. Then Arch, played by Tom Wilson, obviously the Back to the Future franchise. But he also did a lot of great voice work um, in stuff like Batman the Animated Series, uh, Gargoyles. He was in a ton of the Star Wars video games. And then, of course, he was also in Freaks and Geeks. And then finally, we have Kit, played by Amy Steele, who we would all know from Friday the 13th Part 2, where she plays Ginny. Uh, She's in the A-Team, Quantum Leap, and Millennium. She's the one, by the way, that I always I'm like, I know her from somewhere and I spot her in like a ton of things. I'm like, where the fuck do I know her from all the time? Definitely Friday the 13th, too. <laughs> um, 
for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, the the plot is uh, nine college students staying at a friend's remote island mansion begin to fall victim one by one to an unseen murderer over the April Fool's weekend. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so. Which is uh, just, that's too many people, by the way. That's too many you know, people. <laughs> this was commonplace in, in the 80s slasher. You just get a bunch of, of idiots together give them a shitload of random dialogue that is literally just filling time until the next kill. And this movie is rife with it. They, I swear they looked at Friday the 13th, like one, two and three and used that as a guideline for this movie. Um, But we open with a POV shot of Chaz filming his friends standing on the docks, waiting for the ferry to come and pick them up. This scene is filled with ridiculous banter. And like I said, the, uh, the aforementioned, I like cheese dialogue. So basically they're just filling that time. Um, I'm Mary O'Toole O'Reilly O'Shea. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm, to a convent. I'm going to go to convent school and I fuck and on I'm the first with... date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like when they, when they pan over to uh, Arch and he's like, my name's Arch and I do fuck I also... on the first date. <laughs> yeah. And those uh, outfits, she's wearing like a fucking doily from my grandma's end table. <laughs> she really is. But then we, we cut over to Muffy at the house on the island. Uh, she's cleaning up before as the maid is leaving for the weekend. The maid tells her to have a good party. And Muffy says in a vaguely creepy fashion, it'll be more than nice. It'll be unforgettable. Like, oh, foreshadow. Doesn't, say, <laughs> doesn't she say bloody unforgettable? I don't remember. I, I just saw Unforgettable. <laughs> I was, I honestly, the sound mixing on this was also really bad. So I was just looking at the, the freaking subtitles a lot. Um, but we also get this pointless flashback where Muffy sees a Jack in the Box and remembers a birthday party on April Fool's Day where she's given said Jack in the Box and his little ugly monster puppet pops out and everyone laughs, causing trauma or something. I don't fucking care. Hello, um, my baby. Hello, my honey. <laughs> Hello, my ragtime gal. It very much looked like the alien from Spaceballs that did that. It, yes. it really did, yeah. <laughs> but then it had no point because she yeah. like holds it close to her and it's all dusty and cobwebby. And then she just like has that flashback and it's like, oh, that was scary. I'm <laughs> right. Gonna, I'm going to put this here. That's why I'm like, what was the point of the Jack in the Box scene? It, it, like, they try to have it a running thing, and it doesn't make any fucking sense. But back at the docks, we meet the rest of the colorful cast as the ferry slowly approaches. Basically, everyone here is interchangeable. Horny, vapid college students. Um, yeah, like I, I, I had trouble keeping their names straight. I did, too. I had IMDb open the entire time I was making my notes, because I'm like, yeah. I'm going to call them the wrong person. I know it. And no screen on that basement window. We know how I feel about things like that. <laughs> no screen on any of the windows. Because there's the scene <sighs> where the girl opens the upstairs window and there's no screen. Andrea from 90210. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it, they're all fucking interchangeable. I do like there is this one joke where uh, Nan shows up with all these bags and Arch runs over and pretends like he's going to carry him for her. And then she starts going on and on and on about how she knows Muffy from theater and this, that, and the other. And he like slowly is losing interest as she's talking. And then he just smiles, sets her bags down and runs away. Like, it was like yeah. all right, that was a total dick move, but that was funny. 
So, and then Chaz also has this ongoing joke about people's flies being down, which I think they were really trying to make pay off with what happens to him later, but it just doesn't work. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. So the group all get on the ferry and head off to the island. Uh, We find out here that Skip is Muffy's cousin. And aside from him and Nan, everyone else is already friends. Like they all already know each other. Um, Oh, wait, what about Hal? Hal didn't know anybody. Yeah, he, well, he oh, well, he knew he Muffy. Came with, yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah. He knew he knew Rob as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they're all connected in one way or another. Um, but on the ride over, Arch and Skip are playing some game involving throwing a knife in the deck. Yeah. What the fuck is that all about? <laughs> that that fairy looked like it was gonna fall apart at any moment. Right. <laughs> you don't want to weaken the wood anymore. <laughs> it really did. It was just a rickety uh, old fairy. I'm going to throw this knife and you have to see if you can pick it up without falling over. That's the game. (laughs) Yeah. It's called stretch where you stretch to pick up the knife. (laughs) Wow. What the fuck is that? (laughs) I'm going to play that now. Really? It's just a dumb setup for the next scene. Like that's all it is. Um, But we also get like, uh, we get a little like montage of people around the boat. So we see Harvey talking to Nikki, who is sunbathing, and the entire conversation is just an excuse to make a cunnilingus joke. In fact, I'm pretty sure they only named the character Muffy for this joke. Muff dive? Yes. Because they're like, you know, I always wondered what Muffy was short for. Uh, Maybe Muffin? And she's like, Muff Child, Mofo, the Muffster, Muffin stuff. And then he goes, Muff Dive? And I was like, ha! 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 Fucking stupid. Pretty much. <laughs> it really bothered me. But we also get this little moment between Chaz and Nan where we find out that she's a bookworm and Chaz shows her his porn collection and talks about how wonderful sex is and then fucking sniffs her. Like, That's really creepy. It It's beyond creepy. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? You just walked up to this girl you don't know that's trapped on a boat with you and you're like, hey, look at my porn collection. Let me smell your hair. Like, duh, Chaz is a creep. So out of nowhere, Arch and Skip start arguing about their knife game and Arch throws the knife at Skip and it hits him in the gut and he tumbles off the boat into the water. Everyone panics and Rob and Buck, uh, Buck is the deckhand. They jump in the water after Skip. It's Only- like in Friday the 13th. Oh my God. All right. Let me get a life jacket. Let me get a, let me get a bully. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're just going to take forever. Yep. And can I also just say, and this is going to come into play in a, in a little bit in the movie as well. Uh-huh. It's April Fool's weekend. That's fucking New England they're in. You cannot go swimming in a lake. Right? <laughs> like, they were dressed like it was summer camp, you know, like they were going to summer camp or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's, no, it would be way too fucking cold. Like, where are their parkas and... <laughs> And I'm going to tell you right now, as somebody who grew up in New England, April weekend, yeah, it's 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 warm. It's starting to get warm. But warm <laughs> enough to go swimming in a lake? No, but it's warm. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They're splashing around in the lake like la la la. You know, so they like... don't need a muff warmer. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they don't need a muff. Nope. <laughs> but um, but. 
so Skip pops up out of the water with a fake knife laughing that he, and he and Arch proclaim April Fools. So this is the first of many April Fools gags throughout the entire film. Oh my god, and they're so fucking lame. 99.9 oh. repeating decimal percent of them are. They really are. So the ferryman tells Buck to get out of the water and help them dock. He says he'll do it from down in the water and begins throwing the, the line up on the dock trying to catch the hitch. Um, but then is pinned between the dock and the boat. So it's like he gets crushed down there. They freak out. They pull him up and his eye is hanging out of his head. Which looks He's an aw- extra from Hostel. Yes. It looks awful, which granted plays into the plot. But still, I think that was just an excuse to be like, ah, we can do shitty special effects. Yeah. Um, so they pull him up. He's freaking the fuck out. Suddenly. He, con- he was <laughs> like fucking seizing. Yeah. Well, and he's screaming, oh, they did it! They did it! Like, he's just losing his shit. Constable Potter shows up with his boat, and the ferryman and, and Buck get on. Or, uh, the, the Constable Potter gets uh, gets Buck on the boat, and they take off to the hospital. And, uh, <laughs> as I put here, I hope you enjoyed that scene, because we ain't getting any more uh, gore for, like, another 37 minutes. Oh. We don't get it until a dick gets cut off. All right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but Muffy shows up to the dock to meet her friends and finds out about the accident. Constable Potter tells her to uh, tells her and everyone else to stay put as he wants to know where to find them. So the whole group is bummed. But <laughs> but no worries. That all goes away in the very next scene because fuck tragedy. Right. <laughs> they arrive at the house and everyone is suddenly happy because mention. Yay. We find out here that Muffy will own the place in a month when she turns 21. We also see uh, the dinner table with little place cards and dolls for each guest. The dolls will come back a little later where they try to make it make sense and it doesn't. Um, We now get a lot of nonsense. I like cheese moments where they all the gals talk about sex. Arch and Chaz fuck around making silly videos. Harvey snoops around the house, very interested in all the old money and steals a bunch of cigars while Skip laments what happens. And and Rob wistfully looks at the water that night at the (sighs) dinner party. Yeah, I know it's it's a bunch of just like, let's pass the time. (laughs) Everybody had dairy because they were very farty. Oh, that was the whoopee cushions. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, that was. Yet again, more juvenile April Fool's jokes. They all sit down to eat beans and franks, and they have whoopee cushions on their chairs. No wonder he, I don't know, if you got Kevin Bacon on Wish. Saturday the the 14th, Kevin Bacon. Right. No wonder he wasn't getting early acceptance into med school. Pulling shit like that. Well, then we also have the the breakaway legs on the chair that Arch keeps falling victim to. Oh. Um, and then they all well, just... Oh, good. I got something to I say ex- about Arch oh. and the chairs, but that'll be it a little bit. Oh, I expected that to come back a third time, though. I really did, too, only because <laughs> rule of threes. But yeah, uh, yeah now they, they failed on that, too. April Fools. Ah! You thought it was going to happen. Ah! Oh, womp womp. <laughs> But they they then discuss their futures, or lack thereof, a bunch of more pointless banter that doesn't pay off, how Rob's going to go to medical school or not, I don't know, who cares. Um, The whole thing culminates with a toast to friendship and gag glasses that spill all over the guests, because April Fool's, meh, meh. 80s movies always had those, like, fucking ridiculous champagne glasses, too. 
Yep. <laughs> Two drops of champagne. That's all you get. That's all you're allowed. Here's my thing. Like, where in the world is April Fool's this hard? <laughs> right? Like, like nobody I... pulls April Fool's jokes the whole fucking weekend. No. I can't. You're lucky to get one a day. One that day. I can't even think of the last time someone pulled an April Fool's joke. Yeah. Like, I mean, realistically, most April Fool's, it's just me going online and going, okay, what did Blizzard do? What did Think Geek do? Like, I just look and see, like, what stupid things are listed online? Ha ha, that's funny. Okay, move on with my day. Like, it's, it's dumb. But... Everyone retires to their respective rooms, and we get little vignettes of each of them. Harvey is in his room giving himself a pep talk about getting in Muffy's pants while smoking a cigar. Nikki tells Muffy she wants to bang Chaz. Chaz and Arch find out they're sharing a room and cuddle with each other. We then cut to uh, Harvey finding a bunch of newspaper clippings in his room that give him pause. Now, this is one of those things that does not fucking pay off. We see three different newspaper clippings. One says six die in fog, teenagers killed in fiery three car canyon accident, and then woman lives in crash. That's oddly worded, by the way. Yeah. Um, but those and he looks all nervous. Then Chaz walks in and Harvey quickly hides the articles like they mean something. Chaz says wrong room and leaves. Then suddenly there's an explosion sound. We cut back to Harvey's room and we see him with an exploded cigar in his mouth and soot all over his face, total fucking Looney Tune style. April Fools. Right. Wah, wah. But it's like, they don't even really pay off those newspaper clippings. Like, they kind of make an explanation later, but it's very half-hearted. I think I, I missed it then. I also don't understand why uh, What's-His-Face had heroin in his medicine cabinet. Right. Like some of this shit is never p- paid off. Cause yeah, we, we get a montage here. where all, what's wrong with all the other rooms. Nikki turns on the sink. It sprays her in the face. She also finds some S and M gear in her dresser, which, okay, that whatever. I mean, Art, I feel like that she'd be down for that. Right. Well, they even mentioned earlier when they're talking about sex and then there's the, the three questions of like, what haven't you done, but are dying to do. And it was like, oral sex anal sex or s&m and they like they all kind of smirk and then that's that's about it yeah (laughs) so it's like all right um we uh we see arch opening his medicine cabinet as you said and we find a bunch of drug paraphernalia syringes spoon lighter etc uh the knob on his door also pops off which is a recurring thing (laughs) right uh kit and rob have the painting with the missing eyes and then there's some eyes moving behind it but it's a googly-eyed cat clock. It's a puss clock. I still want one of those clocks in my house. I have one. I I want one. I've seen so many cool renditions by different artists. I've just never purchased one. I I, I need to get one, though. I also have a swinging Elvis uh, one, too, where his his legs are going. Oh, nice. Um, and then this, this is pretty fucked up or, well, I'm sorry. Let me, before I get to that, let me finish the, uh, kitten Rob one. They, um, they move the, the picture outside and like I said, see the cat clock, but then they can't turn off the lights because every time they turn one light off, another light turns on. So Rob just like, I will give it this. I did laugh at Kit's reaction to Rob slowly walking from light to light in his tidy whiteies. Yeah. It's like, 
I felt like that was the actor trying not to actually laugh because it looked so ridiculous. Also, I felt like, so Kit's there and it looks like she's about to pull her underwears down. Yeah. But she like looks at him and is like, oh, maybe not. Not yet. Not yet. Don't don't seem like you're too willing to give it away. Well, I think because also he was kind of still upset with her for bringing up the whole med school thing. That's the, true. And she was like, am I going to get, oh, I'm not getting any. Look at that. Okay, he's mad. <laughs> like, but um, so he unscrews the light bulb and turns out the lights. And then we cut to Nan in the shower. And there is a baby crying in her room. So she goes looking for the baby crying and finds a tape recorder playing a tape of a baby crying, which we'll get to that. But that this part's fucked up. Like when we get to the explanation on why that was yeah. in her room. Um, so now we, we cut to Arch attempting to get in Muffy's pants and she turns him down. He then goes to walk in Nikki's room hoping to get laid and finds Chaz and Nikki in a human pretzel humping away and then just backs out of the room. I had to, like, really look and think, like, how... <laughs> Whose legs were what? Yeah, I did the yeah. same. <laughs> I'm I, like, wait I, a minute. I was like, is this one of those things you see on Facebook where it's, like, a perfectly timed photo? Right. It looks like It looks like there's a dick between her legs, but it's really just someone's arm. And neither one of them sounded like they were enjoying themselves because, like, the moaning was like, ah, ah. <laughs> like, it was all grunting. Like, that old, sounds painful. Old people sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you haven't seen X. <laughs> you I have not. I have not watched that yet. I have not watched <laughs> men yet either. Oh, yeah. But see, now X, I actually like as a film. I think it's a fun film. Um it, I mean, it has some fucked up visuals, but mostly it's just a cool movie. Men, in my opinion, the only good thing is the visuals. I, I felt like the story kind of went nowhere and didn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. But the visuals were really striking. Like, not just the shocking thing at the end of the movie, but just overall, like, the cinematography is gorgeous. Like, it's a very beautiful looking movie. Here's where me and Mike differ. I think the movie did have a nice, uh, you know, not a nice, but like, I thought it did have a plot and a way to go and all that stuff. And I very much enjoyed it. Ugh, <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't see X, but Susie, this is where I'm thinking. And and I hate that. I, I have to say this, but women are going to see it differently than men. <laughs> see, okay. and it's funny because yeah. I've talked, I've talked to a lot of women who kind of agree with me on this. Um, so I think it, it also is going to depend on the type of horror fan you are. Now, let me ask you this, Don, because I actually don't know. Are you a fan of Japanese horror? Uh, I haven't seen many. I haven't seen many, but I am a fan of Alex Garland. Like I've seen. OK, I love Ex Machina. I, I, I liked Annihilation. Uh, so I very much I so I did. I was already going into it knowing that it was going to be kind of fucked up before I went in. Right. Oh, I don't mind and, fucked up. I just I think, want. And I think because I had that interactive experience during mine, that okay. wasn't supposed to happen. To that's maybe. a that's a little different. <laughs> yeah, that your interactive experience is definitely a unique thing. But <laughs> but I, I I we're gonna have to talk about this off the air one of these days. Yeah. Maybe on an episode, a Patreon episode. Um, maybe we should just cover it. Maybe yeah, we should just cover the movie. And, and I absolutely would be willing to because I don't dislike it. I just think that the plot doesn't make any fucking sense. And I'm not a fan of those types of movies where they're like, because even the director was like, well, what do you think it means? 
Like, I don't like that. To me, that screams of art fuck. And yep. I hate art fuck where it's like, I'm just going to create crazy visuals and weird things and then make you go, well, what do you think it means? Like, that's fine if that's what you're going for. But you can't say that's a cohesive plot if the director can't even tell you what he was going for. Oh, he just likes to fuck with people, though. I think think that's an art fuck excuse. I really do. Uh, (laughs) Because it's like if if you can't at least give the explanation of, like, what was your main story beats? Like, what were you trying to accomplish here? Like, I get that a movie is going to mean something different to different people, but it still needs a story. This this was my argument when everyone was like, oh, my God, Audition is the best horror movie ever made. And I'm like, oh. no, it's not. It has, like, some really striking visuals. Yes. And then a shit story. <laughs> the story is all over the place. It's told in flashbacks and flash forwards, and there's all sorts of it non-cohesive nonsense <laughs> like but there are two scenes that everyone fucking remembers so the movie is held up in high regard and that's why i asked about the japanese horror thing because i find that is a definite trend with american audiences watching japanese movies especially because there's going to be so many cultural differences that are not going to make sense to us as a western audience so it's like you can still like it and enjoy it absolutely i will never argue someone's preference but when people are like, it's the best because of visual. I'm like, no, you liked it a lot because of the visual. That doesn't mean it's a great film. A film still has standards it has to reach. True. So, but anyway, off my soapbox. Men is an awesome movie, everybody. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm joking around. I'm just joking around here. No, but I quite enjoyed it. In all seriousness, I know plenty of people who liked it. And who have said and flat out said, and, and I'm I'm one of these people that will say it's worth watching. I just don't think it makes sense. Um, and that, and that's fine. Like as far as being entertained by it, I was entertained. I definitely wasn't like, you know, I didn't walk out of there being like, ah, fuck that movie. I walked out of there just being like, all right, I don't get it. <laughs> like it was pretty. It looked cool. It had a really creepy scene, but eh, whatever. But again. My favorite two movies of all time are Return of the Living Dead and Hobo with a Shotgun. So what the fuck do I know? Exactly. Um, (laughs) Taste is subjective. But um, anyway, we get back to the human pretzel scene where people just look very awkward and painful. Yeah. Um, I very much did. I was like, well, whose leg is that? And okay, he's reaching. But is that his (laughs) arm or is that her arm? You know, <laughs> neither one, like I said, neither one looked to be enjoying themselves. Um, eventually, Arch goes back to his room to rub one out and uh, holds open his magazine, leans back in the chair and tumbles backward because the chair legs break away again because jokes. First of all, why are you going to beat off in the most uncomfortable fucking chair in the room? There's right? a whole goddamn bed. <laughs> spread out buddy what the hell (laughs) right don't you want to stretch your legs or do you want your legs maybe the leg cramps Ah. intensify things for him yeah he likes to seize up a little in the lower body (laughs) maybe he's one of those people that likes to sit on his one hand and wait till Ah. it gets numb and then do it the old stranger stranger? yeah yeah yep yep oh lord or or we could talk about no because he would need somebody else to do the dutch rudder Yes, this is uh, true. The, the, <laughs> the Dutch rudder, he would need Chaz to help him. Yeah. Um, but like, 
I have a note in here that we're 35 minutes into the movie at this point. I keep checking the time. That's not a good sign. Um, <laughs> outside, Skip goes to find and goes and finds himself some weed just randomly growing. <laughs> OK, so Shane did watch this because I watched it after work today uh-huh. and he watched better part of the movie starting at this point. He's like, what what the fuck is he doing? That's not even in flower. He's going to try to smoke that. I, you know, I was going to ask you about this because I don't know a damn thing about. You cannot smoke that. I didn't that's think a, so. That's a baby plant. I Google searched. Like, I was like, how is this done? Like, what do you, what is the process from harvesting and drying and all that? And I'm like, yeah, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, no, that's, that's just a baby plant. There is no trichomes. <laughs> there's no girth. There is no donk donk. <laughs> That no, he's just he's one of those kids that probably tried to smoke a hemp necklace in middle school. <laughs> he was out there smoking catnip. Yep. <laughs> I just assumed it was poison ivy and he was gonna go play another trick. Oh, he was holding it up to his face and inhaling pretty deep for poison ivy. I thought he'd been into it actually. Oh, he might have. I don't like, know. Like to taste it. Like, was he gonna okay, so he thought, okay, maybe he knew it wasn't smokable, but maybe he was like, if I eat it, I'll get high. <laughs> that could very well be maybe he doesn't know how to get high and he was like oh my god is that what i think it is oh my god and that's you know that's, so i'm, uh, I'm thinking wait. of super troopers right now <laughs> i can't pull over anymore <laughs> i'm already be- pulled over <laughs> the snozberries taste like snozberries so wait a second this is the weed equivalent to the movie coke use where we talked about this on Hobo with a Shotgun, where in movies where people use Coke, they just grab handfuls of it and throw it at their face. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not how you do cocaine, but what do I and know? I, I think cocaine's like kind of an expensive drug, so why would yeah. you want to waste all that? But I mean, think about all these like action movies where people use Coke. They always grab handfuls and huck it at their face. This is the pot equivalent where they just like take it and rub it around on their nose. Around their body makes them feel good. <laughs> You got you. You forgot with with cocaine. They got to rub it on their teeth too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's, <laughs> that's only right. done. That's only done in the classy films. That's not that's, an action and, film. And cops <laughs> and only yeah. cops do that. <laughs> exactly. Well, businessmen too. Sometimes <laughs> businessmen, after they finish snorting, they'll they'll rub it on their teeth and, and then you know like lick their lips for a sec. And go. <laughs> <laughs> after they snorted off their their hookers' breasts. Yep. Or out of their coke nail. (laughs) Yeah. So after Skip finds his weed, he goes into the boathouse where he hears a noise and we get the requisite cat jump scare because of course we do. It's an 80s slasher movie. Also, why the fuck you going in the boathouse for? What what are are you doing? Right. He's got to hide his weed smoking. Yeah. (laughs) Because no one there would smoke weed. Or was he going to use the leaves as rolling papers? Right. But then someone grabs him from the shadows. Dun, dun, dun. So this is where act one ends. Now that we've gotten our first quote unquote kill. What are you guys thinking at this point? I think this is a very predictable horror movie. In fact, I'm not going to ruin the surprise. We'll get to it later. But I just (laughs) they're just nondescript stereotypical characters. I'm quite enjoying myself, but I agree. Like I, 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 I predicted he would go first, and then I kind of predicted who was going to be the next one, kind of thing. But yeah. I, I yeah. I'm quite enjoying it. 
because of, See, of the cheese. <laughs> I I like it for what it is. I yeah. don't think I'll I'll watch this again anytime soon, but I mean I didn't I didn't hate it. See, that's honestly kind of my gauge for whether or not I truly like a film is if I can if I if I can see myself watching it again, um not not necessarily in the near future, but just watching it again because I'm like, you know what, I want to revisit that film. That's usually when I'm like, all right, I'll give it a pass. This one, I now that we covered it on the show, I can't see myself watching it again. Unless in some, you know, future movie night, Caleb is like, hey, that looks fun. Let's watch that. That's the only way I can see myself watching this again. Oh, I'll probably watch it again because I want to get my four dollars worth out of it. <laughs> well, see, I, I already watched it uh, three fucking times because of the you know podcast. So I'm, I think I'm good for another decade or so. Um, you probably you know, are. I personally, at this point in the movie, I'm already sick of the fucking cheesy dialogue, like the nonsense dialogue. I'm already sick of all the fucking jokes. Like they're wearing thin, like the the constant April Fool's gag is just getting on my nerves. And I don't like any of the characters like and that's sad because at least even in a Friday the 13th movie, there's like one or two where you're like, I like that guy. But this is like all of the characters annoy me. Like this because they're all like fucking what was his name Shelly. Yes, they're it's all like a movie Shelley. with just Shelly. Can oh you imagine God. if it was like a being John Malkovich, but it was this movie <laughs> and they were all Shelly? You know what? You just made, that is the most apt description of this movie I have ever heard. It is it is a, a slasher movie where everyone is Shelly from Friday the Thirteenth Three. Like yep. that's fucking perfect. Like that describes this movie perfectly. Oh my God! So, <laughs> Act Two, we uh, we get the next day. Uh, we get one of the dumbest visual gags in the entire movie. Oh God! Harvey is on the balcony exercising with one of those tension rods. Nikki pops out the window with her top undone, and just like stretches out to greet the day. Harvey looks over. <laughs> the tension rod pops out of his hand, standing at attention. Boing. Like morning, and then she. Goes back inside to cover herself. Shane's like, oh, it's a good thing they taped that shirt to her boobs. That's <laughs> very true. Oh, but now both Muffy and Nan are acting very strange while the rest of the group is having fun being idiots. Like Muffy is is cooking eggs in the kitchen with her hair all down in her face. And when her friends see her, she's like, oh, I was hungry. I forgot to get dressed. And she scrambles upstairs. I want to and go then, back to the blue room. Right. And then Nan is sitting on the porch, not wanting to talk to anybody and seeming very distant. Uh, meanwhile, everyone else is just playing soccer and acting like morons. Rob and Kit sneak off to the boathouse to fuck around. But Kit sees beneath the boathouse a waterlogged and dead skip float by and freaks the fuck out. So they rush back to the others to tell them what they saw. I do like what Chaz says here. Something along the lines of... Uh, you know, the, the all-American couple coming back from a from an afternoon of nonviolent sex. <laughs> Something like it was just funny. It was the way he was mocking them. But they rush back to the others, tell them what they saw, then Rob, Chaz, and Arch run off to look for Skip. But again, it's too fucking cold to go swimming in the lake. Right. But Rob didn't think so. He he jumped in, no problem. Well, if you know, they were really gonna do it. This is true. He shouldn't have done that. <laughs> He's going to have shrinky dink. Yep. 
But uh, if the boathouse is a rockin', don't come a knockin'. <laughs> but again, we get no other sex in this movie other than that one scene. Yep. But Chaz finds Skip's broken knife and they realize something is wrong. Back at the house, Nan confronts Muffy about the tape. We still don't know fully what happened, but she's clearly upset about it. And she's saying, like, who told you? Did one of your frat boy friends tell you about it? And then we pan out to see Harvey standing on the stairs listening to the argument. I have a question, if we can back up a couple scenes. Yeah, go for it. So when we start the second act, mostly everybody is frolicking in the backyard. Mm -hmm. When the hell did Biff hurt his knee? Did you notice his knee was like bandaged with like it looked like it had been bleeding? I think and it was I think it was just a knee brace. Oh yeah, I have, I, I, I have one too, but but it's because I tore my ACL years ago. I think that's okay. I think it's just a knee brace. Okay, I thought maybe he injured he injured his knee and they cut it out of the movie. I mean, maybe the actor literally injured himself falling out of that fucking chair so many times. Maybe. But did you like, I also liked his shorts. They were like denim, but then had like floral peeking out from underneath. Yeah, I was wondering, I was like, does he just got really long boxer shorts hanging out of those little jean cutoffs? He doesn't strike, no, actually, he probably is the type of guy that would wear floral boxers. (laughs) And then just roll them up over the cuffs of his Daisy Dukes. Yep. You know how like, you know, some women will buy the really short shorts where the pockets hang down past the bottom of the shorts yes maybe maybe they're just really long long and big pockets like those are the original Janko shorts oh my god oh man that's too funny oh i hurt i hurt my shoulder yesterday so when i laugh it really hurts (laughs) i have to keep like muting my mic because i keep coughing when i'm laughing oh damn okay but yeah so okay we cleared that up. Thank you. No problem. So we, we cut to Arch off in the woods looking for Skip. He ends up stepping in a sling trap and getting strung up from the tree and swinging back and forth in front of a snake that keeps striking at him. Someone comes out of the woods, kicks the snake away, and moves toward Arch, who looks terrified. Cut to Nan acting strange in the yard, picking flowers and crying. Then cut to Rob and Chaz returning, with, uh, returning from the search without Arch. Nikki and Kit freak out and want to call the cops. Muffy, acting very odd, offers everyone tea and gives Rob the number to Constable Potter. Rob repeatedly tries calling but can't get through to the mainland. Kit goes to help Muffy uh, make tea, but then they find out that they have no water. Muffy tells her that it happens sometimes, but at least there's a well. So Nikki and Harv head off to the well to get, you know, get some water. And there's this... <laughs> I love how she's like, just point me in the right direction. And she just like... Points as hard as she can yes. and randomly into the air. <laughs> and they go out the back door. They don't even go yes. the direction that she's pointing. Yep. And Muffy also, I just it just dawned on me. She is the she is the bad dream on Birch Avenue, Nancy. Spelled N-A-N-C-I. <laughs> Got it. Nice. <laughs> I could see that. It's the hair, because you know how her hair was pretty frizzy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what made me think of it. Plus, she's acting really, really strange. But yeah. at, at the well, we get this very awkward flirting back and forth between Harv and uh, Nikki. I'd really like to plow your field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because she's like, he tells her, he's like, ah, let me handle this. And he's, and she goes, oh, because you got so much more experience. And he goes, I'll bet you think I'm a hick, don't you? And she's well, like, you sound like this. Right. And then, then he's like, I'd really like to plow your field. Like, oh, it's so dumb. So he drops the bucket in the well because the rope breaks. And then Nikki drops the flashlight in. So she has to climb down in the well to get the bucket and the light. Halfway because down. He's like, I'm not going down there. Right. He's like, fuck that noise. And she's like, well, I'm not going the weekend without water. So she climbs in. Uh, halfway she's down. She's got to wash her cooch. That's why. She's got she's to gotta wash the Chaz out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we don't know what we don't know what was coming along with Chaz. So then she can get, so then she can maybe get heave harved. (laughs) She can get Hal and Harv. Yep. (laughs) But halfway down the rungs break and she falls into the water. Because of course they do. Of course. It's a horror movie. (laughs) And then of course, because she splashed in the water, she washes up floating heads of the heads of Arch and Skip. And then suddenly Nan's dead body surfaces she starts freaking the fuck out, understandably so, and then repeatedly tries to climb out and keeps falling back in. Eventually, Harv climbs in and helps her out. Cut back to the house. Everyone but Muffy is freaked. They all think this is happening because of the accident on the ferry, thinking that Buck is after them for revenge. Finally, they get a call from Constable Potter, and they explain what's happening and how they think it's Buck. He tells him that that's not possible, that he's at the hospital right now visiting Buck, so it can't be him. Constable Potter tells him to stay stay put and that he's going to head over on his boat, that he'll send up a flare when he arrives, and that they should all come out together to meet him. He also says something about Muffy, but we don't find out what just yet. I have a question about this little exchange. Okay. So we actually see the Constable. Mm-hmm. He's in a fucking hospital. Yep. <laughs> Yep, I know. So I thought about this too. I was going to bring that up at the end. <laughs> All right, listeners, just stay tuned. Because <laughs> you know you're a hundred percent right. Like this doesn't. This does not meld with the rest of the film. Like with the <laughs> with the with the twist. <laughs> the film doesn't meld with the rest of the film. <laughs> they obviously were writing it as they were acting, like this, as they were filming it. This is true. But oh, that's right when I saw that scene, though, I went, I know that guy, like that constable. I was like, I know who that guy is. That's the guy who says, it looks like something that fell off my dick during the war in Slither. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that guy. <laughs> but we then get a little montage of them going around the house, locking up. So we see uh, Kit finds a picture of two young twins in Muffy's father's study. Muffy comes in and is acting more and more strange, stating that sometimes with the tide, it takes people all night to get to the island, and then sometimes they never arrive at all. Like, even, what the fuck? Right. But even though earlier it took them, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> like, right. But we all, like, you can see, you can see the shore. <laughs> like, it's not that far away. Yeah, it's like they're in Cabot Cove. Right. We also see that Harv has a gun in his suitcase and loads it and sticks it in his waistband. Oh my God. Hell, is that a, is that a peen ass in your pants? Are you just happy to see me? (laughs) Also, what is the point of the gun? Because it does not pay off at all. Right. I just, I was like, wait, why doesn't he shoot himself out that room? 
there's there's one comment later again that's how they explain everything with one simple comment and it's like it doesn't pay off that's stupid so we get the requisite parlor scene where uh the group except for rob and muffy sit around and discuss all the weird things happening Nikki comments on how strange Muffy has been acting. Harv tells them about the argument between Muffy and Nan earlier and that he, that he overheard and tells us that it was about an abortion, which when we again, when we get to the end of the flick, it's like, dude, that's just fucked. Um, Nikki then shows them the S&M gear she found in a room, much to Chaz's delight. I love this. He's like, hey, my friends are dead, but kinky. Yay. Why yeah. did she carry that downstairs, by the way? <laughs> because she was like, why, to use it. Why does she need to show that to everybody? Like, everybody else is clearly just saying, "Oh yeah, I found a tape. Oh yeah, there were some articles." She's like, "Look <laughs> oh, at yeah. this." Yeah. She's <laughs> like, "I found a sex swing." Oh, <laughs> uh, but again, like Chaz's reaction, like, "Dude, your friends are dead," and you're just like <laughs> kinky. Like, it's just, uh, ah, I hate it. We then get the vaguest hint about the car accident articles in Harv's room that maybe he was linked somehow because he's because Chaz asked me, he's like, well, what about you, Harv? What did you find in your room? You were jumping around like there was a fire under your ass when I walked in. And he's it like, his peen ass was itchy. <laughs> right? And he goes, well, it was just some newspaper articles I found about car accidents. Oh, who hasn't had a car accident before? And then Chaz is like, well, I haven't. And then they start arguing. It's like bullshit. Chaz like, has had 12 and you could tell by looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how he can do that position with ah, Nikki. Exactly. He chipped ah. his spine so now he can rotate his legs 360 degrees. <laughs> he could probably suck his own dick too. That's where I was going, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because if, if he could do that, he wouldn't have been bothering so hard. So. No. That's true. But Nikki then accuses Muffy of being the one who put all the stuff in their rooms, which makes sense considering, you know, it's her house. Uh, Kit gets all pissed off and has enough about all the arguing and accusations, saying how Muffy is their friend, right as Muffy walks in the room, looks creepily at everyone, and tells them that she's going to be going to bed and it'll be in her room. So they all head off to their rooms, except Rob, who decides to go up to the attic to get better, get a better watch for Constable uh, Potter. And then Harv, who says he'll sit on the stairs and keep watch. Like, I'm going to sit on the stairs with my peen ass in my waistband. <laughs> but he and take it out. He's like, I'm going to sit on my gun. Like, Pretty much. And then what does he do? It looks like he has a Sudoku puzzle on one in one hand and like the New York Times in the other. Or was he like? stealing he was like oh well arch is dead he doesn't need his his hustler anymore <laughs> right was it even his it was chaz that's right. true <laughs> but this is this is where act two ends so what are you guys thinking at this point it's just getting more and more ridiculous i'm mm -hmm. still enjoying it <laughs> See, my my only comment at this point was i'm so fucking bored <laughs> like, I, I mean it that's what i mean like it you know, I either there's ridiculous that I like, and then yeah. there's ridiculous that I just fucking hate. This is ridiculous I like, but again, unless like I I rented it on Apple TV, but I'm not gonna get my four dollars worth. I'm <laughs> take take that as a donation. 
But if you it's know, on like Shutter for free or like streaming on like on a platform that I have where I don't have to pay for it, yeah. I might watch it again. But it's just fucking ridiculous. They're you don't like anybody. Yeah. It's there's to me there's there isn't that like one scene that justifies the movie. You know how there's like those bad 80s horror movies where it's like, God, this is an awful film. But there's like that one scene that you remember, like much like Audition, where I was bringing up like everybody remembers that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But it's like this doesn't have that. There's there's no one scene that sticks out as like, oh, yeah, that, that was cool. That that was your money shot. <laughs> like no, nothing works in this. Right. It's just I don't know. I I think this is the type of film that if it was like on in the background at a Halloween party or something, it's like yeah, okay, whatever. Like it's not bad, but it's not something I want to pay attention to. But uh, so Act Three opens up with uh, up in up in Nikki's room. She begins packing and wanting to go down by the docks to wait for the constable. Chaz tries to convince her that that's a dumb idea and that they should all just wait there. And I love how he's like, look on the bright side. Everything's going to be okay. It's like, dude, at this point, you think your friends are still dead. How is everything okay? Like, he literally says, look on the bright side. Everything is going to be okay. How? That that just means he's next to die. Come on. Because he found, because he found props that were reused in the movie eight millimeter. Ah, that yes, because that's what happens here, because he then tries to cheer up Nikki by wearing several S&M masks. Nikki pushes him on the bed and leaves him to go get the rest of her things when she comes. And she's not gone that long either. No, I mean, it's long enough to get dressed and then, you know, grab her shoes. That's really it. But when she comes back, she finds Chaz laying on the bed, still wearing the mask, now cupping himself. She mocks him for thinking he wants to screw around with, or for for him thinking that she'd want to screw around with him at a time like this, and then moves his hands to reveal to reveal a bloody spot over his dick. He done got bobbited. Which now, which which just that killed him? Because <laughs> like, you don't see anything else wrong. Also, he, he died also, of the shame. I was going to say he died of embarrassment. And how little was it that there wasn't even that much blood? Yeah, that's like, did he literally just have the tip? Is that all he had? She snipped the tip. (laughs) But this is where detachable penis needs to play right now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But no, this is actually the third film in a row with dick trauma. We had in Guns Akimbo. The the chick was shooting people in the dick. Uh, then Hobo with a shotgun, Slick gets his dick blown off, and now we got Chaz getting his tip snipped. So, well, yeah, well, is it trauma though? <laughs> I mean, okay, at this point in the film, yes, it's dick trauma. We don't, we don't know yet what's going on, but it's at least perceived dick trauma. <laughs> yes, and then Nikki turns around and like she's like, oh, oh. And then someone comes out of the closet and she's like, oh, and that's all we see. And then Kit and Kevin Friday, the Saturday, the 14th. (laughs) I'm just going to say Sunday, the 15th. Sunday, the 15th. 15th And Kit are walking around like, all my friends are dead. Like that book with the dinosaur on the cover. All my friends are dead. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they're, they're up in the attic, like looking around. And uh, they're, you know, they basically can't see 
Constable Potter yet. And this is where he tells Kit that uh, that Constable Potter tell, uh, told him that no one should be left alone with anyone else, especially not with Muffy. And then, you know, Kit, you know, argues that Muffy's fine, blah, blah, blah. She's her friend, yada, yada, yada. They then see Muffy's dolls in the corner of the attic. They get closer and see that the doll of Nan is in a little bowl of water with the heads of Arch and Skip's dolls. And then Nikki and Chaz are laying in a bloody bed. Like, all right. So that's. No Come shoot. on. You've never you've never done that to your dolls before. Uh, no, <laughs> but it's like. I don't know. It just seemed like they were trying to like make it mean something more poignant than it really did. Like, yeah. So she plotted the demise of these characters. Yay. Like, I don't know. It's dumb. <laughs> so they then, then they see the flare. Yeah. And they, they go to call the others to get their attention and no one is answering. They look in Nikki's room and see blood dripping from the bed and they run out of the room. Like, that's all we see. We don't see anything else. We just see blood dripping from the bed. Kit runs to get Muffy. I love it first because she's like, we got to get Muffy. And Rob's like, fuck her. Like, we got to go. But she's like, but she's my friend. She's like, Muffy, Muffy. She opens the door to find Hang and Harv in her room. <laughs> so there's Harv hanging from the ceiling. And Rob and Kit run out of the house and down to the docks to find nothing. The Except constable, the boat. Yeah, the constable's gone, but the boat is there. So they try to get in the boat, but there's no keys. Inside the boat, however, they find some paperwork warning the constable about Wait, a... ready? Ready? <clears throat> Go for it. Twist as old as time. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. It's my first one back. <laughs> oh, I was, I was gotta work out for more. I know, right? That's all I, that's all I got today. Just a little, well, for that one. <laughs> ah, I got it. I got it. No, 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 no. Start it. Start it again, Susie. I got. I got the rest of it. Go. Twist as old as time. Muffy and the tease. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like it. So. The, the note says uh, it's basically warning warning Constable Potter about a Miss St. John who has escaped from a mental hospital and is believed to be extremely dangerous. Kit refuses to believe this, saying that Muffy was away at college, not some mental hospital. Rob thinks she's pretty nuts, though. <laughs> she went to Vassar. She's been at Vassar the last three years. Not a mental hospital. So they go back to the house to try to find the boat keys. All the doors and windows have been shut again, except the basement window, so they sneak in through there. Down in the basement, they find more clues as to what's going on, and they put it together pretty fucking quick. Yep. They find a trail of blood leading to the furnace with Muffy's clothes in it. They then find a height chart with Muffy and Buffy on it, and Kit puts it together and realizes the note, the picture in the study, and this height chart... Oh my God, the constable warnings weren't about Muffy, but her twin sister, Buffy. <laughs> and then there's the old googly eye picture with some eyes behind it. Yep. And then I love it because Rob's like, move the picture. She's like, no. He's like, come on, move, move the picture. Like, he ain't getting any closer to it. He's like, I'm, I'm holding the flashlight. You move the picture. They move the picture and Muffy's decapitated head falls off a shelf. Suddenly, someone nails the window shut from outside. Rob and Kit run upstairs looking for the boat keys as Buffy pounds on the back door trying to get in. 
<laughs> Rob finds the keys in a closet, but gets trapped in there like R. Kelly. And then Buffy, <laughs> <laughs> Buffy breaks in and comes at Kit with a knife. And Buffy. Kit is like, Mother is proud of you! <laughs> That re- like the that acting in this in this specific scene really <laughs> reminded me of the end of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. It really Except, does. And then you just you have poor you have poor Sunday the Fifteenth trapped in the closet just yelling, "Kid, <laughs> kid, I love you, I love you, kid." Don't die, old man. So she chases Buffy chases Kid around while Rob screams helplessly. Kit escapes into the parlor where we see everyone sitting calmly, very much alive. Buffy walks in, stabs her hand with the knife, and we see that it's retractable. Kit freaks the fuck out, and everyone starts to laugh at her. Back in the closet with Rob, Buck pops up, still having the hanging eyeball hanging out of his face, kisses him, peels the prosthetic off, and sticks it to Rob's face. And then unlocks the door. Yep, he then lets him out of the closet and Rob runs through the house screaming and tumbles into the parlor, confused and scared while everyone laughs at him. We then get the explanation. So we find out that Muffy is inheriting the house, but had to prove to her father that she could take care of the taxes on it and decided to turn it into a weekend bed and breakfast. But with a whodunit murder twist, she tested the idea out on her friends. As she quote-unquote killed them off, she explained to each of them what was happening so they would be in on it. Buck is a special effects artist who rigged all the gags. Skip is actually her twin brother. There's no Buffy. Well, maybe his nickname is Buffy. (laughs) Um, And then we find out that the constable is her uncle, which, as promised earlier, if he was in on it the whole time, and Buck clearly was not in the hospital. Why the fuck was Uncle Constable hanging out at the hospital for that phone call? Like, why did we even see that? Why didn't he just, why didn't he just say, like, why didn't we hear the phone dialogue and him just say, I'm at the hospital with Buck right now? Right. Like, why show us that? Because now it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, why was he <laughs> dressed up in a costume at a hospital? Like, wouldn't the people there know he's not a constable if he was one of the fucking locals? Yeah. Like, it would be like if I just showed up to the hospital in a sheriff costume. Like, people would be like, um, Mike, what the fuck's going on? Like, why are you... <laughs> like, what? You like, will respect my authority! Because, <laughs> I mean, this dude is apparently pretty rich, because Harv gets all excited when he finds out who, you know, Potter really is. He's like, oh, it's the rich uncle. It's like, so wouldn't the town know who he is? But... Well, maybe he maybe he's an eccentric guy, you know. Ah, uh, they're like, oh, Constable Uncle, just <laughs> doing Constable Uncle things. <laughs> she then goes on to talk about how the regular guests will know what they're in for, and it won't be nearly as dangerous. She said, "We could have never planned for the snake with Arch," and she goes, "And I almost did get killed with Harv." So that's the explanation of the fucking gun. Like that's our payoff. I almost did get killed with Harv. Oh, uh, okay. And then she kind of has an aside mentions how some of the clues were a bit much and she's sorry about that. Like maybe fucking with your friend about her abortion was a bit much like what the hell, dude? Yep, because now everybody knows. Yeah, that was really fucked up. 
We then get a party scene with just random nonsense because, you know, it's the end of an 80s movie. Because everybody in the house getting sticky. Everybody (laughs) in the house getting stick. I would have been pissed if that was my house. They were just dumping booze on all the furniture. Like, everywhere. It was like dumping it into the prosthetic heads, dumping it all over themselves. Like, Chaz was just covered in beer. Chaz was also trying to give himself a blowjob with (laughs) the severed head. Yes, he was. He was trying to fuck Muffy's severed head. And did you notice he let go of it and it stuck to his pants? Because he was sticky. Yeah. <laughs> like hot sticky, garbage. Sticky in the dicky. <laughs> well, he did have, uh, you know, prosthetic blood all over his pants. So, you know. That's true. Um, we also find out here that Arch pooped himself when he was hung up. Because he's like, oh, I nearly shit my pants. And then the ferryman was like, nearly. Remember, I was there. And they're like. Arch, you browned your trousers. And he's like, well, well, yeah, I mean, and then Uncle Constable Potter <laughs> says, they'll be out of the dryer soon, Arch. <laughs> Everyone's like, meh, meh, meh. It was so dumb. Afterward, Muffy heads up to her room for the night and sees a present on her bed. She opens it and finds a jack-in-the-box. She sits down to crank it, and when it pops, suddenly Nan grabs her from the back of the head and slashes her throat. But it's a fake blood pump knife because meh, meh, April fools. She then, and ki- she then she kisses her. She fucking freaks wins. out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. She, she's grabbing at her throat, like, whoa, whoa. And then Nan, you know, winks at her, kisses her on the cheek. And then the jack in the box winks at the fucking camera for some reason because why not? That's then, exactly what Shane said. He's like, so it just winked because it winked? Right. I'm like, yeah, that's the end. Right. And then yeah, fucking credits the end. Like, fuck this movie. (laughs) So, final thoughts on this. (laughs) I have no final thoughts. (laughs) Dawn, how about you? Oh, I still enjoy it. I mean, it's it's still a piece of crap movie, but I still enjoy it. (laughs) See, now, I I will repeat what I said at the start. I think that this is only a, a, a favorite of 80s kids because of how much it was on. That's it. I think it's just familiarity that people are remembering. But that's the thing is I don't remember when I saw this and I only saw it once before to, before we watched this. I know that I, this isn't something I used to watch all the time. True. So I don't know what, it, yeah. So, but we've, we've I think I just enjoyed the, the, I think I just enjoyed the, 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 the campiness of it. I was going to say, we've discussed this on the show before. You are a fan of camp. Yeah, we know that. I, and that's Obviously. Like, <laughs> uh, and again, nothing wrong with that. I just think with this one in particular, out of the pantheon of slasher movies that came out in the 80s, I think this is fucking weak. And unfortunately, the 2008 remake with Scout Taylor uh, Compton or whatever her name is from Halloween is pretty fucking forgettable, too. Like, it's not good. Um, it's not bad. It's like this. It's it's not bad, but it's not really good. There's nothing that I can really say like, ooh, this stood out. It was just like, nah, and all right, it is what it is. Move on. There's a lot of horror movies like that where I don't, I don't hate them, but I don't have a reason to revisit them. And this is definitely one of them. Overall, not a fan. But uh, as far as trivia goes, there, there's not a whole hell of a lot of trivia with this film. Um, we've already mentioned that due to it being light on violence, it got a shitload of television airing, which that was kind of planned from the start. Um, this I found really fucked up. 
So at the beginning of the film with Griffin O'Neill's character, Skip, uh, where he gets blamed for the prank that uh, basically fucked up Buck, uh, in a bizarre case of life-imitating art, O'Neill was uh, indicted with manslaughter charges the following year for a drug-induced boating mishap that resulted in the death of Francis Ford Coppola's son. I'm going to say this wrong. It was a Giancarlo Coppola? Giancarlo. Giancarlo, thank you. Yeah, he he apparently was the reason that that happened. So I was like, mm. oof, that's kind of fucked. But uh, April Fools. Yeah, I, I was hoping for that, but I looked it up. I was like, oh, shit. No, that actually happened. <laughs> um, like I went outside of IMDb to confirm this. But uh, the film's French title was Weekend of Terror, while in Germany it was titled The Horror Party, which I kind of like. I kind of like the name The Horror Party. But this one. And a few years later, it was known as Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This one, I I question if it's true. This could probably it's probably IMDb bullshit, um, but I'm I'm grateful that this didn't happen. It says Linnea Quigley was originally cast as Muffy slash Buffy St. John, and she had to turn down the role due to scheduling conflicts with Return of the Living Dead. So I can see it because Linnea is in a fuck ton of 80s like one and done movies. Um you know, she's one of the original scream queens of like the video nasty era. So I can see her being involved in this, but I'm so grateful that she went to return of the living dead instead. <laughs> so, because yeah. we, we, we got, we got trash and, and I like that. Um, but yeah, and this, this is uh, apparently entirely shot in British Columbia with an entirely American uh, cast. So one, one, uh, yet another horror movie shot in Canada. We just covered one shot in Canada. But uh, yeah, so I don't really have a whole hell of a lot more to talk about with this movie other than I would not recommend it to people. I would recommend it just because I, you know, want people to see it, experience mm. it. What about you, Don? Um, I don't know if I would recommend it. Oh, well, <laughs> no, Poe po says I got to recommend it. I was right, gonna, so, yeah, you're sorry, Poe. <laughs> He's telling me I got to recommend it. Okay, so I recommend the movie to people. Um, I would wait till it's free, though. Yeah. Uh, if we wait had, uh, if I had watched it two days, if I had watched it two days earlier, it would have been free. But uh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, darn. Well, uh, our social media for uh, anyone that's not following us, we are the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Maurice normally handles our Twitter, but uh, does someone else want to do that for me? It is at, at Boogeyman's, Boogeyman's Da. <laughs> we got the little echo it. going. <laughs> I already said it. <laughs> we uh, do have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as an exclusive episode every month. Uh, higher tiers get you stuff in the mail and chance to pick episodes, etc., etc. Uh, it's the Boogeyman's Closet on Patreon. We are a little bit behind on that due to computer problems, but it's about to get a huge update in the next day or two. So there'll be plenty on Patreon to enjoy very soon. Oh, um, I haven't missed any. No, no, you have. Yeah, honestly, you haven't missed any because I, I have like a backlog because of my computer dying on me. And um, I feel bad because we have one listener who only listens to the unedited episodes. And I've been trying to get them up on online, but I have to format them to to go up there. So I'm like, shit, I got like six episodes I got to put up. Um, 
plus the I just recorded the uh, the Patreon special for August last night because again it was like computer problems, then COVID problems, then fuck, like I'm running out of time. So it'll be a lot in one one go. But uh, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. For anyone listening to this who hasn't checked out RadPantheon.com or Rad Pantheon on all the socials, you'll find other podcasters, uh, lots of musicians and artists, a lot of really cool people doing cool stuff. So definitely check and that me. out. Well, you're one of the cool people doing cool stuff, damn it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if you guys like this type of humor, this type of podcast, guarantee you'll enjoy some of the other podcasts on the network. And like I said, there's a lot of really talented people in there. So definitely check that out. Um, Don, as always, it is a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for joining us yet again for your 20 something episode. <laughs> 26 maybe yeah i think this was 26 26? i don't know anymore i think i don't know anymore i don't know well we'll go with that (laughs) i don't know anymore i was gone for so long i was gone for like a month i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well and i just don't i just don't know (laughs) and and speaking of that Susie, welcome back i'm glad to have you back on uh, on the show with us i was uh, looking forward to this I Yay. was, I was too, but I had, it was, was a busy summer. Yeah. There's was, a it, lot going on. The summer is always tough. Me and Josh actually were just talking about that on uh, the Patreon where we're talking about making podcasts and just how with Raised by Rentals, we had to take um, some, a little, little bit of the break uh, because summer is just so damn busy. So it's, it's definitely hard to sometimes do the stuff you love with the stuff you have to do. So, but again, grateful to have you back good uh good to be back into the uh into the creepy slasher movie territory we haven't done this in a while but um for anyone who likes to watch our next episode before we cover it whoo this one's a doozy we are episode 154 is going to be dr giggles so oh that's God. <laughs> that is what i'm, I'm sorry looking guys forward to. i think i forgot to vote this month can we do a revote? <laughs> I think I forgot to vote. Surprisingly, Dr. Giggles had a surprising number of votes. Like, um, I was honestly shocked this month. Like, uh, April Fool's Day and Slaughter High were a little lower on the rung, but still higher up than others. And then um, uh, Behind the Mask got the most votes. Like, that just, that took all the votes. Dr. Giggles, though, came in damn close behind it. <laughs> so... There's a lot of uh, apparent love for Dr. Giggles out there. And I haven't watched it in at least a decade, if not more. So I'm very curious to see how I'll feel after all this time. But with that, I think we're going to wrap things up. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Hello. (laughs) April Fool's. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you.